right center, Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back on top. Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo, as always. And today we're joined by Braden and Jared, two Leafs fans. Boo. But they were available, so they're here. Uh, we appreciate it, uh, as always. And this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you guys by DraftKings. Uh, you've heard us talk a lot about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This weekend is jam-packed with action, ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports, and is the leader in daily fantasy, so there's no better place to get in on the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Boys, how you guys doing? Noah, you good? I'm good. How, how are you doing, Justin? You're you're killing these ad reads, and I, if if these two guests come out of this podcast without downloading DraftKings with THPN, I mean, I I, yeah. I can't see it. Like that that was, that was just a killer ad read. It's it eligibility, man. That's a tricky word right there at the end. It's how they get you. It's, it's it really a tough is. one. It really is. Bit of a I mouthful. Think, I think I might have to migrate my daily fantasy sports uh, content over to DraftKings after that fan read. You're sounding very, uh, very persuasive there, Justin. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Jared Shea is on the DraftKings bandwagon. No surprise. Typical a, bandwagon fan. I'm not much of a sports gambler myself, but after that read, I, I might have to dive headfirst into it. Yeah, I, I, I would highly recommend that, Braden. I mean there's no better place than just betting on sports all the time. I mean, Noah and I personally have made so much money. I mean, we've lost a lot of money. We've broken even if you really think about it, but tons of fun. Definitely recommend downloading DraftKings. Uh, great app, easy to use. Uh, so highly recommend. Um, but let's get into some Panthers talk. Cause why not? Uh, that's what this show is about. Uh, obviously the Panthers three straight games against the lightning. Uh, first game went really well. Second game did not, uh, Noah, what are you looking to see from the Panthers in third game versus the lightning here? I mean, try, try and go back to those things that worked in, in the first game, but really what, what has to be done is you have to control the lightning power play. Yeah. You can't, you can't be taking penalties against the Tampa Bay lightning and you know, that, that they were able to outscore them in the first game, but obviously not in the second game. And I think that's is such a huge part of what, what goes in in playing Tampa Bay is you got to watch, you got to stay out of the box. Yeah, and it's not just that too. I think 
you got to capitalize on your chances. Like in that last game, Panthers get a double minor power play in the first period, four minutes, and really didn't generate much of anything. Right. And if you, if you go out there and you get one on the power play, then you're up and the game kind of shifts a bit. You uh, Tampa Bay is going to open up a bit more uh, for their looks and just kind of change the dynamic, but yeah, kind of a sloppy start from the Panthers. Something we haven't seen a ton of this year, which is good. Uh, but hopefully they can get back into it in the third game. Uh, Braden, what about you? I definitely think that they need some support from these depth guys there. You can't be relying constantly night in, night out on your, your top guys. So in that first game against Tampa, they had a lot of depth support there. It wasn't your top guys scoring. Like I said, like for Hagee got in there with a nice goal. He was contributing with five shots on net. So uh, definitely relying on those depth forwards there to contribute. Yeah, I mean, I think when we've seen the Panthers win games this year, it's because guys like Verhage, guys like Hornquist are, are just stepping up, really. Uh, is, is kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah. that's what good teams do, right? Like good teams have good players, but the depth guys step up. Uh, and so that's something the Panthers got to look to continue to do and get back to uh, in this third game. What are your thoughts, Jared? The Panthers are interesting. Um specifically in this uh, kind of three game set they have against the lightning. I mean, the first game, the five, two win, I mean, they were up four, one at one point. I was like, my goodness, this is not the game I expected from the lightning. Um, and then the second game, the lightning kind of come back and beat them the way that I think a lot of people thought they would in the first game and maybe for all three games in the series and the mini series, I should say um, in general, I think it comes down to just, Bobrovsky finding a rhythm and I think I think he has started to recently he wasn't he wasn't looking too great at the beginning of the season and I saw a couple of um, posts talking about just his numbers in terms of like last season and we know he didn't have a very strong caliber season last year but he seems to be finding a rhythm I know he had a good game against Detroit last week I believe they won that one two one um, but like you say right just a lot of depth scoring, that type of thing, um, getting quality goaltending. And I mean, like Noah, Noah made a great point about just limiting the lightning's power play, because I mean, you know how just a dominant team they are both five on five. And I mean, in, in special teams as well. So I don't know, you look to look for the Panthers to, uh, I think have a good performance in the third and third game in that mini series. And I'm interested to see if they can, uh, respond and uh, maybe come out with, uh, two of the three. Yeah, like Noah and I, Noah and I talked before they started this three-game swing with Tampa, as kind of like a hey, being the first like real big test for this team. Uh, like this is the best team they played all year, and we kind of said, you know, if you can go in, you come out with at least three points in three games. Like I think you're you're pretty happy with that if you're Florida going up against a team like Tampa Bay, and I mean so far, two points in the bank. If they can get another two, uh, would be great, and. Yeah, just with like Bobrovsky last year, obviously brutal year for him, uh, especially with that contract. But this year, like we've seen kind of more flashes of him being his old self. And if he could just find it more consistently, it would be huge to the team. And then, of course, Chris Drieger, for the most part, has been pretty solid in that in that backup role. And I would be. I'm not, I won't be surprised if he gets uh, a larger share of the starts than people might have thought at the start of the year. Yeah, he's just, I mean, Drieger's just a solid backup. He really is. He just, he goes in, he does his job, you know, he's not, 
He's not flashy about it, but he he really just at, at the end of if the day. If I'm a he Panthers player, I, I'm feeling just as confident with Drieger in that and as I am with Bob. Currently this season, he has a 9.37 save percentage later, and a 1.97 goals against average as of this recording here. Yeah, that, and I think the thing you see a lot with teams in, is like teams play different when like, like they don't have, like when the backups in, in the league. Let like alone you can tell when like a team doesn't believe as a player, you definitely have to feel confident with him. Right when they're playing a little bit more tentative in front of him. Yeah, yeah, I believe there was a game last season between carolina and toronto it's a great example of that yeah i think carolina's backup was in net or something and uh not sure exactly yeah. who you're referring to there but uh <laughs> who, who who knows yeah i mean like with the leafs like last year like when uh it was hutchinson and net like hutchinson wasn't great but you could tell like the team had no faith in him and net like just by the way they're playing and then it just kind of snowballs and he ends up winning some playoff games in Colorado because, you know, it's a great goalie, but. Yeah, and I think I think the other thing too is like the def- defensively they've been the Panthers have been much better this year overall than they were last year, uh, which we talked about a lot in the off season, which was like the longest off season ever uh, about how this defense was going to look and that how their goalies like how the defense need to be much better in order to get better performances from their goalies. And so far this season, like it, it seems to be working. Obviously, it's still very, very early in the season. Um, but, I mean, as Panthers fans, you got to be happy with this this start for sure. And so hopefully they can continue that with this next tough – I think we said it was going to be like an 11-game stretch of tough games. Yeah, yeah, it's an 11-game, but I think between games something like three and six, they might play Detroit twice. So that's going to be kind of a – a little hopefully you, you like to think a break um from because they've got carolina and dallas as well so it's it's not going to be an easy stretch for the panthers here yeah and actually we should talk about uh carolina making the trade for alex galchenyuk before putting him on waivers and cedric paquette uh what do you think of this deal interesting move i mean obviously like the <laughs> You've got to assume that there's something wrong with Galchenyuk at this point. I mean, I think he's done six teams now. Yeah, six teams. Like twenty. Montreal, he's, tw- Arizona, he's twenty-three. Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Ottawa, Ottawa, and then Carolina. Carolina. It's six team. Like, like it says a lot about him. But I mean, I assume this was just purely a cat move for for Carolina. They can clearly get by without Ryan Zingle. And I think, as we said, uh, leading up to the season, Galchenyuk's a, literally a low, such a low risk. Yeah, exactly. He can come in and it, we saw, like, he had that 30-goal season, which feels forever ago. Um, oh, Galchenyuk's 27, my bad. Yeah. I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, but, like, very clearly, like, that's a player with, like, potential, like, there's a player there for sure, but for whatever reason, he just keeps bouncing around. And I mean, like, 
And I heard, I heard he was staying in Ottawa overnight just in case he got caught by a Canadian team. Oh, through waivers. Yeah. 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 He's going to, that's what it was. He's going to stay for the 24 hour waiver period. He was going to stay in Canada so that if a Canadian team did in fact put a claim in for him, that he wouldn't have to um, do any sort of quarantining or anything like that. So um, I'm, where do you guys think he, he might get picked up? I'm, I'm genuinely curious. I, I don't know. Like you say, I mean, he's got he's got a lot of potential, but it just seems like he in the last few years he's been bouncing around, and like you say, he's only twenty seven. So I don't know. Where... I, I I really don't think he gets picked up. Noah and I were talking earlier, and and he is a half a point per game player. With that's what we were discussing, and how that's like he's a bona fide NHLer. That's no doubt, and he would be a great third line addition to most teams. It's just it is is his calf worth it? At that yeah, pick. and I think the thing too is like. Yeah, he's like half half a point a game player, right? So that that's an NHL player for sure. But if you're a team, like he, I, like there's a reason there's got to, like there's a reason he keeps bouncing around to different teams. Like he just let's just say he's not the most defensively sound guy on the team. Yeah, like he's clearly got like significant issues there. Um, it, it's a really interesting case study. Like yeah, how how Galchenyuk and even. I put him in the same category as Anthony Duclair. To a lesser extent. Yeah, yeah right. probably, yeah. I just think, like, to me, like, there, there's a reason he keeps bouncing around, right? And it's like, at a certain point, you have to wonder, like, is he a bad teammate? Something yeah, bad. Yeah, and if that's the case, then it's just not worth bringing in someone who might disrupt what you have in your locker room for a guy who's going to be a third-line player for you. Like, if he's going to be a top guy – you know, of course, you you go and you take that chance, but is it worth it for for that cap hit for a guy who hasn't produced a ton in the last several seasons? Uh, I don't know. I think I think he clears. Yeah, no, I, I agree with I that. Think right. he, I think he must like, especially if you are like an American team, like you're gonna wait two weeks for this guy. No, they don't have to wait two weeks. Not everywhere. Yeah, but you, like it's gonna be a wait. It's going to be a week, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. You're going to go put in a claim for a guy that you're going to get in a week. I don't know what I, – I, I don't see, like, a huge benefit for a bunch of teams, so I assume he, he ends up on the, the taxi the squad. Only, the only, like, scenario I can see him getting picked up would be if a team was, like, very desperate and needed players because they had a significant amount of injuries or significant amount of players on the COVID list and they still had to play. That being said, I don't see any teams that – really match that criteria to be in a position where they actually pick up Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah. And then with regards to like Canadian teams, I don't know that there's really a fit I anywhere. There's no fit. There's no fit. Like the only fit would like the, the fit player wise would be Vancouver, but they don't have the cap to make that work. Really. The only fit is Ottawa and they're not going to pick him back up. Yeah. The, yeah. Literally Ottawa is the best place for him. Yeah. Uh, but he's gone. Ryan is coming home the savior can he dig the senators out of the basement no but we, we will see like i actually i have a friend who was like he, he's a sense fan it's not jacob barker it's a different friend uh but he's he was like a diehard ryan dezingle fan with the senators like he went this was like he went to like some charity event in Ottawa and they were like raffling off like signed player jerseys. Right. And there was like stone Carlson 
Hoff, man. And he decides that he's going to go bid on a Ryan Zingle jersey. <laughs> and he won because no one else wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he he's pretty excited to ha- have the guy back. But, I mean, I, I, like, I like Ryan Zingle, but things weren't working really in, in Carolina. Uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely think they weren't. And, and it's not like it was a lack of trying. Like, they tried him in a bunch of different spots. They gave him first power play time. They tried him with Ajo to get him going. Like, it just – wasn't working yeah he, he really had an underwhelming season last season yeah and then this year really hasn't been better at all just couldn't get it started so yet. kind of a fresh start but not really because it's the same you know he's been to ottawa before so that if he can return to his form in 20 like 2018 he did have 44 points in 57 games played like that's impressive that's was on that ottawa team granted that team was a lot stronger than they are today in this current state but if he can return to even half of what he was then, it's a great addition. Yeah, and like realistically, like he is easily better than half of their forward group currently. <laughs> easily. Easily. Like who who's better on that team than him? Probably Kachuk, Stutzla. Is that you can maybe make an argument for Josh Norris? Yeah, no, dad 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 yeah, yeah, would be yeah. better. Yeah. But is yeah. there anyone else? Like, no. Like no, exactly. And granted, I try not to watch the Sens that much, but so uh, like I, I don't know. But to me, I like I like the move for Ottawa, uh, and I hope he does well there. I, I think it's a it's a good trade for both teams, really. Yeah, it's just a, a classic, just winner win win situation. Like it just makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense for both sides. We'll see how it plays out. Um, and that like there was another like minor trade yesterday, but no one I don't like that is whatever. No mm-hmm. need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully both guys do good in their new spots, wherever Alex Galchenyuk's new spot is. <laughs> uh, which I mean, there's not really much else to talk about league wide. Like we had a lot of stuff last week that went on. Yeah. This week. No, really not much going on. We're kind of in the in-between period between kind of everything going on last weekend and then Lake Tahoe next weekend. Yeah. So in the meantime, we just wait. And that brings us to our main segment of the podcast where we debate the best and worst contracts in the league. Lots of contenders, some contenders on the Panthers for sure. Uh, so I'm curious to know what you guys think. Uh, we'll go worst contract. We'll start with uh, let's start with you now. All right. Well, I, I already said who mine was, and I legitimately think there's no other answer. So I'm really excited to hear what you, what you guys come up with. Um, our friends a little south of the border in Buffalo, New York, and Jeffrey Skinner. Absolutely worst contract in the league in my mind. There's no doubt about it. This guy is getting paid $9 million a season until 2027. Now, you could say, well, listen, like if he has the stats to back it up, why not? Um, He's played 10 games this season, and he has one crispy assist. It's not going well in Buffalo for Jeff Skinner, and that's my worst contract in the NHL. All right, I like it. That's not my pick personally, but, I mean, that's a brutal contract. 
uh, for Jeff Skinner. I mean, good for him getting paid, obviously, you know, secure the bag. But ridiculous amount. But also gives him plenty of time to bounce back. And it's not like, like obviously, way too much money for way too long. But it's not like he's, like, particularly old, right? No, no. I mean, they're, they're... – He's 28. The thing is, how many, he's, how many like, actually good season has, seasons has he had? Uh, like, I, I'm just trying to pull up his stats he, I think right he's now. had a few, but he's, like, gaps in between good years. Like, he's had – he was good his first year in Buffalo. He scored 40 goals. and That's that, how he that got nine his, mil. Yeah, no, he, he got close to – okay, he had, I'd say, maybe five good seasons. His rookie season was actually excellent. Yeah. It's just, yeah, for whatever reason, I don't know what went wrong in Buffalo. I mean, obviously, they brought in a new coach. They brought in another left wing, Taylor Hall, who's clearly better. I mean, for whatever reason, just doesn't seem to be working there. Uh, yeah, no, there, there, there's something off, definitely. So, and especially, like, like it's like these are the years of the contract, too, where it's like he's spo- you're supposed to be getting the best years out of Jeff Skinner, like, if he's bad, you know, if the, in the later parts of the deal or the contract, like if, if he starts to fall off, then you'd be like, all right, like we expected that. But I don't think Buffalo anticipated he would be this poor. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah, it's just that's a brutal one. It's a good pick. Uh, Braden, what's your pick? I, I definitely agree with Skinner. That's one of, if not the worst in the league, but uh, in in the effort of posing an argument, I got to go with Drew Doughty. I, listen, I love Drew Doughty. I think he's a great defenseman, what? but the guy's making $11 million a year you, until 2026, Br- 2027. Braden, Braden, did you, yes, did you not, he was. A, did you not hear at the beginning of the season? He said he was going to prove that he was, he deserved a spot on team Canada in 2022. Yeah, good, good, great for the guy. I love like he played a great role on, on Team Canada here, team. He played a great role on Team Canada teams and was a cornerstone of LA's Cup runs in the early 2010s. But paying a guy who has put up half a point a game the past two years and was a minus 36 at one point, paying him 11 million dollars, making him the second highest paid defenseman in the league, when you have guys like Victor Hedman. Roman Yossi and young guys like Kale McCarr. Ethan Bear. Up. Yeah. <laughs> Ethan Bear. Great young prospect. No, great young top four defenseman. <laughs> anyway, Drew Doughty getting paid $11 million when there are defensemen out there that deserve that contract is outlandish. See, he, he, here's the thing uh, with me for Drew Doughty Is he good? No. Did he say he was but, – but to be fair, here's the thing. Like, if you watch Judy Doughty play, you're like, this guy's not good, right? And if you look at his underlying numbers, he's not very good. But at the same time, he does have, I think, 11 points in 13 games this year. He has started out this year very Those are, those yes, are Team we'll Canada that. numbers right there, if I've ever seen them from Drew Doughty. So, like – I mean, the guy had a fire under his butt this offseason. He's proven the league wrong. Yeah, I mean, he's still not playing great. But at least, like, there is some offense that you can point to, you know, especially for, like, the crowd that doesn't love analytics. Like, looks like he's having a fine year. He's only a minus four, and L.A. is terrible. So, But you have that contract on the books for six more seasons after this. $11 million when the guy's going to be, what, 37? That's 
that's terrible. Yeah, it's it's not, not a great a, one. Yeah. I, like you can't you can't defend that contract. It's a terrible contract. Uh, but is it the worst in the league? I don't think it is. Even though that's a lot of money to commit to a player who has not been good for like at least three years. Uh, but Jared, I'm, I'm curious to know what do you got? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm gonna go. I mean, there's there's certainly some options for we'll call it, we'll call them questionable um, questionable contracts. Uh, I'm gonna go with the highest paid forward on the Vancouver Canucks, and that is Louis Erickson at six million dollars a year for the next for this season and next season. He's off the books in 2022. Um, just in general, I think his tenure Bad. in Vancouver has been. <laughs> it's been bad. So it's been real bad. I think we'll, there's been no positives. I mean, let's. I mean, you know, it's good for the guy. Happy that he got paid. You know, he his last year in Boston, uh, he had 63 points in 82 games. I mean, he he clearly cashed in in that free agency. Good for him. Got his money. But I think it's safe to say that he hasn't exactly lived up to expectations in in Vancouver with his his. Uh, season high in points. I'm just looking at the stats now being uh, 29 points in 81 games back in 1819. And this season he's only played two games and I believe he's I believe on the taxi you're squad, correct. I'm not wrong. Uh, Here's the thing. I believe, yeah, I think so. Um, so I think, I mean, if you, something I take into consideration when you consider a bad contract is the state of the team's cap situation in general. And if I think the, the Canucks are one that they are, counting i don't want to say counting down the days but they are excited for that contract to be off the books and for six million dollars of salary to be freed up because they have we all know they have impending rfas to sign quinn hughes uh elias Pettersson. so in terms of that and how it negatively or i shouldn't say negatively hinders because that's a double negative but it hinders the canucks ability to um not only sign free agents but re-sign pending rfas i think um, I don't know if I'd call it the worst contract in the league, but it's certainly not voting well for the Canucks in general. So yeah, for that's, me, that's, like, that's I think like personal. two years ago, I'd say probably Louis Erickson worst contract in the league, but I mean, he's got one more year after this one. Right. So it's not obviously Vancouver's in a tricky spot right now and they're not having a great year, but one more year left, like it's somewhat manageable. And I think the fact that he doesn't have a no, uh, move clause. He doesn't have to be protected because he only has no trade. I think he has a modified no trade this year. Could be wrong. Uh, so like at least there's that element that's not uh, as bad for Vancouver. Like it's not like like Lucic and Calgary. Calgary has to protect Lucic for Seattle. Like what a waste of a spot. Um. So, but that's not my pick. I I, I think yeah the Lou Erickson contract like bad, but. It was also signed in a free agency class where there was a lot of bad signings. So slightly better. I don't know. I say, no, I think it's still, I think it's still pretty terrible. Um, For my pick though, Braden picked the second highest paid defenseman in the league. I'm taking the highest paid defenseman in the league because I think if you're going to get paid like 11 and a half million dollars a year, like you should be at the very least, a top 10 defenseman in the league for a good portion of that contract. And Eric Carlson sucks. He is terrible at hockey right now. And like, it's just, 
it's brutal. Like he's got four assists in 13 games right now for a guy who's an offensive defenseman. You wa- He's not good defensively. Let's face it. Yeah. He's just not good. If, defensively. Yeah. Like there's a lot of guys that are like off purely offensive defensemen in the league. Right. And if that's your thing, like go for it. But then like the offense has to be there. Cause you're, if you're not going to play defense, the offensive production has to be there. Eric Carlson, it's not there. He doesn't look very good. He looks super hurt and slow and can't skate. So incredibly ineffective. I don't want to shit on Eric Carlson too much, but like, <laughs> let's be honest here. It's been a rough couple of seasons in San Jose for him. It hasn't been, it has not, not been easy. Really, really hard for the kid. Yeah. And like Jeff Skinner, like, He's being played on the fourth line right now. Like, he's not in a spot to produce offense. But Eric Carlson's like, he's him and Brent Burns. Like, those are their guys that are supposed to produce the offense for them. And he's playing 20 minutes a night. He should probably have more than four points at, at this stage of the season. And so, to me, I like toss up between him and Doughty, both terrible contracts, both not very good. But I think Eric Carlson, like, if you're going to, if you're an offensive defenseman, the offense has to be there. It's not. The defense isn't there either. Their goaltending's terrible. Their entire team is terrible. Uh, but that's not the point. I don't, you know, uh, yeah. That's the San Jose Sharks. But that's just what I think. Lots of contenders. I think um, I think we have to we have to give a few honorable mentions. And the first of which, I am shocked that nobody picked uh, Sergei Bobrovsky. Yes. Like, that's got to be one of the worst contracts in the NHL right now. I think if you asked anyone, like, most people would probably say Sergei Bobrovsky. I feel bad saying it because, you know, it's our team. And, yeah. and obviously, we know it's not a great contract, and it likely never will be. But a part of the reason I didn't pick is that part of me is just hopeful that he bounces back at some point over the course of the deal, and at some point looks like he's worth $10 million. Mm-hmm. Um, And early on, it doesn't look great. And it's, it, it does not. Um, but yeah, I think you, you definitely have to throw his name in there. And then uh, I had a second honorable mention to PK Subban. Yes. Uh, $9 million a year for two more seasons. Uh, I, I didn't pick him just because it is only two more seasons and it's not, you know, it's not that much. And he, he does pick up, fill in a roster spot, but that's God awful contract right now. Yeah. Uh, another honorable mention I think I would have, I mean, there's a couple that like, I'm not going to pick like Oak Poso or like lad guys who are like kind of out of the league at this point, but still getting paid. But uh, for me, a guy I think who deserves to be mentioned would be, and again, it's just purely coincidence that he happens to play for the San Jose Sharks, but it's Martin Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I think like the big difference, like with contracts, when you talk about a goalie contract specifically, like if you pay your goalie, like anywhere over 5 million, you're basically saying like, this is our guy and you're giving yourself no real flexibility to add a backup. Like with, like with yeah. Sergei Bobrovsky making 10 mil, you can't go spend 4 million on a backup unless you're Montreal. And if you're like San Jose, obviously they brought in Dubnik this year, um, which hasn't really done much to help. But Martin Jones, that is a terrible contract uh, where he's like, he's getting paid 5.75 and he's probably been a bottom five goalie in the league the last couple of seasons. So 
I, yeah. I think honorable right. mention there. Uh, so our listeners out there are very curious to know who you guys think has the worst contract in this, in the league, lots of contenders. Uh, so we'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, but we'll move on to best contract in the league. No ELCs, no entry-level contracts, obviously. Uh, Cause that would be way too easy. Uh, so let's start. We'll go back to Noah. Who you got? Best contract in the league. I've got two. Is that is that okay? Are they? Yeah, yeah, they're okay. Different teams, different positions. All right. Um, my first one is uh, Mark Shifley of the Winnipeg Jets. Wow. Uh, he's getting paid six point one two five. Uh, until 2024 and this guy is basically a point where he, he is a point per game player and uh, he scored 38 goals two seasons ago yeah for 6.1 million that's that's not not too shabby at all i think that's one of the most underrated contracts in the league i love the contract um he does have a no move clause but why would you ever want to move him yeah i'm not a huge huge fan of uh mark shifley and he gets a lot of power play points like easy but at the same time he's a very good player and that's very good value I mean, he he's been a point per game or above since 2016 yeah that's four consecutive seasons that's i think for six million that's yeah. pretty impressive i just think with like the quality of the guys he plays with like that's true. like to that's be a, true. like to be below a point per game would be disappointing. I think it's great value for, for Mark Shifley, but I think there are guys with you know in a similar bracket of price that give you way more value. But I like I like the pick. Fair enough. And then my, my second pick, and this is my the one I'm I'm proud about. Uh, I'm proud about the Shifley one as well. Um, <laughs> defenseman, and I think this might be the like like this contract is unreal. It goes until 2025, pays $5.2 million a year for Shea Theodore. Excellent deal. This guy, I, th- this deal is absolutely remarkable. He, he is the number one defenseman on the Vegas Golden Knights, without a doubt. He absolutely crushed it in the playoffs last season. Um, has had some really solid uh, regular seasons. And now he's he's at a point per game so far this season. I think it's an unreal contract, and Vegas really just hit it out of the park with this one. Yeah, like in, in my opinion, like to me, Shea Theodore, top ten defenseman in the league any day of the week. Uh, obviously, Petrangelo there in, in Vegas now too. That's a huge help for him. Uh, but yeah, any day of the week, Shea Theodore, for me, top ten and five point two. That's great value for 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 him. And I think, you know, obviously Vegas fans are, are pretty happy with that. Uh, Jared, what are you thinking? All right. I've got – there's a couple different ways I could go with this. I'll say – Are you thinking Mitch Marner? Uh, well, Mitch Marner I, – I, I enjoy Mitch Marner. Um, I enjoy his contract. Um, but I will say this. There's somebody, <laughs> there's somebody that is uh, ahead of him in the point – standings that makes a little bit less money than him so far i think i know that's going to be leon dreisaitl of the edmonton oilers oh Oh, yeah and he makes 8.5 million dollars a year 
and it runs until 2025. Now that that's crazy to me because I mean, that guy could be making a lot more money in my opinion. If he played for Toronto. Um, yeah. But uh, the thing about that is, I mean, you know, you've got probably, I don't know where you'd rank him in, in, in terms of the entire NHL, but very, very, He's definitely. I was going to say I, I was going to say you can make a case for him top five easily, but um, at least top five. But I, I'd probably have him. In my, I'd, I'd, I'd have him in my top five. Anyway. I was going to say he's in my top five for sure. But um, eight point five million is that's that's crazy. That's a crazy good deal for him. I, I have other ones I could go with, but um, just based and I mean based on what we've seen this season so far, I think that that just you know adds a exclamation point to the fact that he's making under 9 million and he's I think he is as of right now I believe it's 26 points on the year something like that he's a few behind McDavid but I mean a lot lot either way but I mean hey that's great value for the Oilers so I mean that's a fantastic contract and it goes to 2020 there's still there's still there's still only one right answer to this question. Yeah, we're gonna get Neither to the right answer. We know there's oh, no, right I know, answer. I know, I know what to he's gonna say. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. wanted to go with with yeah. dry saddle there. Yeah. Right. You don't you don't want to go with the obvious answer. Yeah. I get that. Well, uh, the dry saddle one's interesting too because at the time he signed it, a lot of people felt like that was an overpayment for Leon Drysaddle because I think he was coming off a seventy-seven point year. Could be wrong. It might have been the year after, and then a really strong playoff performance in one of the rare occasions the Oilers made the playoffs and then they handed him 8.5 and everyone's like, that's, that's a bit much for a guy who hasn't proven it for that long. And now it just looks like a bargain. Like, I think he signed it the same summer as uh, Johansson signed in Nashville for, for eight. Yeah, it was, it was 2017. He signed it and you're right. He had, it was 77 points in the regular season, 77 and 82 in the regular season. And he followed that up with, uh, 16 points in 13 games in the playoffs. That was that was the year that he had. I believe it was the five goal game against. I can't remember who was it against, but Anaheim. Anaheim, I believe it was Anaheim. But yeah, no, I remember. I remember watching those playoffs and being like, "This is a special player for sure." Absolutely. Yeah, he's just an exceptional talent, especially now. Like his numbers kept climbing, and then they're kind of almost still climbing, and he's doing it away from McDavid too, which is huge for for the Oilers. So I think, yeah, that's easily in the conversation best contract uh, without a doubt. Uh, Braden, what do you got? I got to go with my guy, Nathan McKinnon here. Oh, the obvious pick. The, off- the, the obvious, obvious pick. It's got to be said here. $6.3 million for a guy who's put up almost 100 points the last three years. How how can that not be the best contract in the league? No, it, like, it, yeah, it definitely – Without a doubt, for sure, best contract in the league. The 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 only one that I was going back is David Pasternak. He's on a great contract as well. I I like he's he's mid sixes, I believe. It's let me just check here quick. It's six point six six million dollars for another year. The guy was leading scoring race last season. Great contract, but I, I don't see how you can go wrong with McKinnon. He's a top five, if not top three player in the league drives his line. Yes, he plays with Rantanen and Landeskog. He's got great wingers, but the guy's just unbelievable. You just watch him and you watch in awe. He He's a wonderful, talented young player, still has lots to improve, and he's going to get paid. He will get a massive contract when this deal comes up, but until then, he is under the best deal in the NHL. 
Yeah, like I think if you asked most people, they would probably say Nathan McKinnon is the second best player in the NHL. And so, yeah, I, I would agree with that one. And he's probably, I don't know, in the 50s or something based on AAV, which is just ridiculous value for Colorado. And it's why that team is so good right now, right? Like, because they just had that flexibility to bring in guys like Devon Taves and Nazem Kadri and bolster their group. Uh, Pasternak, also unreal contract. I think for me, though, like – thing with Poshnok is he plays with really good players too who are also on good contracts. Like I think very like, I think he's still like an unreal player. But when you play with two other guys that are exceptional hockey players, I think it kind of boosts uh your your overall performance. And Marshan and Bergeron have been the type of players that have proven themselves time and time again, right? Like we we've really seen Pasternak come on the past three, four seasons now, but Marshawn and Bergeron have been around doing the same thing time in, time out for way longer than that. They they're getting like literally better with age. Uh, yeah. It's it's incredible. You look it's... back to that Bergeron, Marshawn, Crosby line. Ridiculous. They, they tore the tournament apart and, the, and they're only getting better. Yeah. No, they just, they just keep getting better, uh, which is just kind of unbelievable. It, it really is. Um, yeah. Both unreal, uh, unreal players. I mean, and yeah, Pasternak, I think easily one of the best contracts in the league at that value. And he just doesn't seem to care that he's that underpaid, which has got to no. be nice for a team. You know how some players like insist that they be paid like ten point nine million dollars. That's what and I, I think that's what McKinnon said that he was going to try and take a team friendly deal. Now, I mean, really team friendly for him would probably be twelve million because he's actually worth about fifteen. But yeah, no, I, I think it's this these coming years are going to be very stressful on the cap for a lot of teams. So it's if you get McKinnon for. 12 or under in the next one is a contract expires this he still might be the best contract in the league exactly yeah i think if if the rangers weren't doing so so poorly i would probably have panarin up there um Even Zibanejad. Think, yeah i would have Zibanejad as well um i mean great contracts but unfortunately the rangers are screwing the pooch on on that one so yeah um but who, who is your best contract? Okay, I got two in mind going very different options here. I'm going to go with my pick for a forward. And going off the board a bit, I'm going to go with Braden Point. Yeah. Because it, I know it's only a bridge deal, so the length is really the only knock on it. But Braden Point is a fantastic hockey player. Like, it sucks because he's in Tampa. And, you know, whatever. But... Like, he is just such an unbelievable hockey player. So skilled, so effective, both ends of the ice. Love what he brings. Uh, he's just an exceptional talent. Uh, and, I mean, I think he's getting, like, 6.875 uh, mm -hmm. right now. And I'm sure when he signs his next deal, he's going to get a lot more. Uh, but for me, yeah, the term, not great, but it is a, it's, it's a bridge deal. And I think, I mean, you've won a Stanley Cup with him. Hard, hard exactly. to argue with that. Like a lot of the other guys we mentioned, unbelievable contracts, super helpful for the team. But Braden Point's got a cup, and those other guys don't. And he is an unbelievable 
uh, he's just a huge part of what Tampa Bay does and why they're such a good team. So mm-hmm. he's my one pick. My other pick uh, is going to be a defenseman as well, and it's Dougie Hamilton. At uh, I think he's a shade under six million, and you know I love Shea Theodore too, and I think Shea Theodore probably is a better contract than Dougie Hamilton, but but it's already been it's said. already been said. And to me, Dougie Hamilton under six mil for another guy who I think probably top ten defenseman in the league, uh, big guy can skate super well. Good golfer too, which doesn't really impact the contract. Uh, just kind of a side note, but I yeah, I love what Dougie Hamilton uh, brings to the table as a defenseman, uh, and he's just been so huge for Carolina. So, yeah, right. And the like the only real knock on the guy really has been you know some injuries. Honestly, all all the contracts we've brought up are absolutely in- insane, and I would love to have either one on on the panthers but what well, and that's not even mentioning and the panthers obviously Bar- barkov barkov and huberto have to be in the conversation uh, obviously 5.9 obviously not the Chase, best yeah. contracts but they're they're definitely up there in terms of just absolutely yeah. beast contracts yeah and i think that's part of the frustration for for panthers fans is that you have two guys who are on some of the best deals in the league and you haven't been able to win cuz you've thrown money at guys like Bobrovsky and like Strawman and it's just been – it seems like a waste of having those deals. Yeah, it really does. Uh, but hopefully that that isn't the case this year and certainly a great start for the Panthers, which we always love to see. And hopefully they keep it up, win against Tampa, four points in the bank. And, you know, is it too early to start talking playoffs? <laughs> No, never, too never early. too early. Never too early. We're just going to will it into existence. <laughs> We're just going to keep telling everyone that the Panthers are a playoff team until they clinch. It will. And then, will and then happen. we got all the red receipts from all the people on Twitter who said the Panthers were not a playoff team, yeah. suggesting that they are the second or third worst team in that division, which Cat- categorically false, categorically false when the, the Predators are also in the division. Um, that's just facts. Uh, but yeah, anything else you guys want to add? No, I think I think we had a good episode. Solid episode, and it's nice that we finally got Jared Shea on after he's been kind of ducking us for the last two months. On yeah, I've been I've been a little bit busy here and there, (laughs) but I'm happy. I'm happier our our schedules could kind of kind of work work uh, work out here and. I think we had a good show here. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, thank you guys for coming on. Love to hear some new voices, some great thoughts, even though you guys are both Leafs fans. Uh, always a pl- Can I say one thing? Can I say one thing about that? You said I was a bandwagon fan. I just like to say that is objectively false. And another another thing I like to say is that uh, Austin Matthews for the Rocket Richard this year. Austin, you know what? <laughs> I hope, All right. You, you know what's crazy? You, you heard it. Here, I hope. He's, he's played great so far. I hope. You hope, keep hoping, maybe it'll come true. He can win all of the, the, the Rock Richards he wants, still getting bounced in the first round, doesn't matter. Will it into existence? Will it into existence? We will see, and we. Uh, I'm excited for the potential of a uh, Leafs-Canadians uh, playoff series. Not to get all Leafs here, but uh, yeah. And maybe, uh, maybe, maybe. Very, very nice to see that, you know, and who knows, maybe we could see a Tampa-Florida 
playoff series there as well. That would be that would be something that would be pretty cool, I think. Yeah, but if I'm the Leafs, man, I don't want to see the Panthers in the playoffs. I'll tell you that. Because that goes poorly. <laughs> but we will see. Uh, thank you guys both for coming on. Thank you to everyone tuning in, listening. Uh, appreciate all the support. Let us know who you guys think have the best and worst contracts in the league. And we'll be back on Thursday with a brand new episode. And we'll see you all then. Barkov to the net, Barkov between the legs, unbelievable!